0: So I'm living with two, two people with oppositional bonding, two people who are going through the life of no. One, of course, you know, is my son, Lab, who refuses to have his Abba lead him anywhere at this point. I can't grab the kid's hand without him saying, no, bear. bears learning to say no and to find his own autonomy, as Eric Erikson would put it. He can do it himself. I can got it, Dad. I got it. I can do it myself. The other, the other person in, in the stage of oppositional bonding is someone named Jay or Jiddu Krishnamurti. Krishnamurti was one of the most fantastic spiritual giants of the 20th century. Those of you who have never studied Krishnamurti, I invite you to buy his book after Shabbos. Anyone will do. Krishnamurti, at the height of his fame, he was the, became with Andy Besant, invited him to become the head of the Theosophical Society, which at that point had thousands of members around the world. And he was to become a part of a small order that was the order of the star, which was waiting for the long-awaited world teacher to arrive, and they proclaimed him world teacher. It was a pretty good trip for him, to be called the Messiah, or the world trip, the world teacher. Unceremoniously and with, without any fanfare at the gathering In 1929, in front of 3,000 devotees, he disbanded the order and said to all of them there that this ridiculous look, the search, the, the, the seeking for the teacher, the authority figure, the one who will let you in on some kind of secret, some wisdom that you don't already have, absurd, he said. It's the stuff of violence, the stuff of manipulation. And after much thought, he said, we are disbanding the order. No more Order of the Star. I'm giving up my title. I'm giving up my wealth. I'm giving up all of the, you know, you get stuff when you become the world teacher. (laughs) You know, some people were willing to do some things for him. He said, no, no, thank you. I'd rather be someone who seeks the truth. And the truth is, he said, you don't need a teacher. Of course, he then became a world teacher. (laughs) For his entire life, he spent it tirelessly being the one who was called to wake people up to the fact that they didn't need anyone to wake them up to that fact. (laughs) A bit of a paradox, granted, So living with these two revolutionaries, my son and Krishnamurti, for the last couple of weeks, we walk in together to this week of rebellion in the Torah. In this week's Torah portion, the greatest affront, the greatest challenge to the authority of Moses, appears in the Bible. There are many such occasions, but this, without a doubt, is the most important, the most powerful, the most most egregious to some degree. Korach, his cousin, whose name itself means ice. I'll come back to that in a moment. Korach, whose name means ice, confronts Moshe, whose name means the one who is pulled from the flowing waters. Korach mounts an attack from many different directions. He gathers force from Datan and Aviram, from his fellow cousins, the Levites, the chieftains, 250 of them, come to, to argue with Moses, what is the crux of Korach's complaint? Korach says, in essence, what Krishnamurti said when he wrote, all following is detrimental to completeness. Korach comes along and says, is there any point in you being a leader, after all, God has made all of us leaders. And in that moment, Korach invokes a verse that appeared at Mount Sinai. He doesn't explicitly invoke the verse, but he says, all of us are leaders. This echoes a verse in Tanakh where we are all called kadosh*. all of us, or Kohanim, all of us are priests. Not just you, Moses, Korach says. There's a radical egalitarianism, there's a radical... Flattening of the field. All of us are already there, Moses. Who do you think you are? That's number one. Number two. Korach says, in essence, quoting the verse from Truma that we just read together. The Asuli Mikdash v'Shachanti B'Tocham, make for me a sanctuary, and I will live within you, B'Tocham. That odd word, Bitoham, within you, within your midst. Korach quotes that also by saying, "Ubitocham Adonai. God is bittocham, Korach says. So two radical complaints. Everybody got them? One is radical egalitarianism, which means to say we don't need leaders. Especially not leaders who practice nepotism and other things like you, Moses. please. Korach says, no thank you, number one. And the second more dangerous complaint is that Korach envisions a world where uvetocham Adonai, that each and every one of us has God within us, and that's all we need. Just that radical recognition of our own inner divine imminence is all we need. There's no stage-like unfolding. Just wake up to that, right now. No hierarchies, no stage plan, no work, no practice, just one big Yorobarach circle, each one chasing the tail of the other's divine presence. Korach's complaint is twofold, and each one of those pieces is in its own way what we have to work with in our own lives. The great voice of no, of autonomy, is present in each and every one of us to say we are each one of us called to be sons and daughters of the Most High, each and every one of us. The true essence of Korach's complaint that each and every one of us is a leader is true enough. But Moses says something very powerful. Moses says, it was true that even in the land of Egypt each and every one of us was a leader, but it took a leader. One who came out from the waters of change to remind the people that they had that strength, that they could develop, that even if they had a spark of the divine, it needed some ignition. Something needed to be ignited. Korach's famous complaint What do you do if a talit is made up of all blue thread? If you have a blue talit, the Midrash says, quoting Korach, do you still need to put a blue thread on the corner? In yeshiva, we call that a klutz kashya. It's a funny question. The Torah says that if you have an all-white talit, place blue threads, but Korach says, what if your talit itself is blue? What if you have a society where it's already been realized? And Moshe says, we need to balance realization with progress. We need to balance acceptance with change. We need to balance... Moshe himself and the frozen quality of Korach's vision. Do we need any greater evidence for that than to look out at the world as we see it today? Yet another Pride weekend comes and goes. Yet another weekend where around this country and the world people will be saying, in essence, all of us have been created in God's image. Aren't we each afforded the rights that all others are afforded? We can answer yes to Korach's first complaint, but we can't answer yes to his second because it hasn't yet been realized. toham adonai. The divine does not rest in our midst so long as we don't recognize the rights the privileges that are afforded to each one of us as God's children. Uvetocham Adonai, in our midst, God is not fully present so long as we accept the status quo as the status quo, not willing to stand up and say things must change. We are all divinely gifted, but we need work to uncover that. Uvetocham Adonai, God is not in our midst, I dare say. When we judge people, continue to judge people on the most superficial of levels without looking deeply into Bitoham into who they are in their hearts. Those are the kind of values, dare I say family values, that is the result of balancing the complaints of Korach with the realism of Moshe, the idyllic quality of Korach. I want us all to remember this Shabbat, that though Korach's idyllic vision was not realized in his lifetime, his great-great-grandchildren were able to write psalms of joy and celebration, 11 beautiful psalms that we have. May each and every one of us live to see a day soon, soon, where the great-great-grandchildren of Korach, meaning the great-great-grandchildren of an idealism yet to be realized, is realized. And may each and every one of us in our own lives balance the voice of idealism with the voice of resistance to come to that place. It is upon us. Aleinu. Aleinu. Please rise for the Hashivota on page forty.